What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of the Unfiltered Nation? Hi, it is Christopher Roush, your No Excuses Coach, and we are here Friday night, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, your place for the unfiltered experience where we bring the unfiltered conversations that are designed to maximize your confidence and get you moving off your ass and into your goals and your dreams. And I'm the No Excuses Coach, and I'm here to help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, whether you're watching us live or on the replay, whether you're sitting there watching us on the video cast or listening to us on the podcast, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being a part of my life. Uh, we can't thank you enough. We are on episode number 114 this evening, so episode 114 of doing this unfiltered experience, and we just appreciate you so many longtime listeners and viewers uh, out there uh, supporting the show and sharing this out. Thank you, thank you, thank you for it so much. One of the things that we want to ask for you guys to do, and this is something that Scott and I have done a really bad job of, but uh, I know many of you watch this on the video cast. We ask that you subscribe to the podcast, help support the podcast and go there. And most importantly, please leave us a review. We just realized we were talking about our numbers and like, why aren't we reaching more people? And so I had a friend of mine look at our, uh, look at our podcast, look at our artwork and stuff like that. And he says, you don't have any reviews. He goes, you need, need reviews to sit there and put you up in the ranking and the search engines. So I know we got a ton of you guys out there. We're in like nine different countries. So please do us a solid. I just put it in the, in the comments. Go to that link. It's iTunes. That's like 90% of where our, our, most of our listeners are. Please go to iTunes and uh, subscribe to the podcast and then leave us a review. And here's the deal. Why don't you take a screenshot of that um, when you leave us the review and anybody who submits something before Monday evening at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time will we'll put your, your name into a hat and then we'll give you a 30-minute coaching session just for going there. So whoever, not everybody's going to get it, but just one person is going to be a lucky winner, what we'll do. But send us that screenshot on social media. You guys know where we're at, theunfilteredexperience.com. You can always go there. Uh, but I put it in there. So please go do that for us. We would love and appreciate you. It would take uh, just a few minutes. If you don't have iTunes on your phone, you could download it pretty quick and leave us a review. We would love and love and love and appreciate you guys for that. Again, in case you just want to see it in your and see it on the screen, there it is, www.theunfilteredexperience.com. Go there and uh, you can find our podcast and everything else as well. But it's here in the show notes or here in the comments on the um, on the uh, on the show. So anyways, we got Misty in the house. What's up, Misty? Misty Morrison watching from Kentucky. Thank you, Misty Morrison, for being here and uh, sharing this great experience with us. Uh, unfortunately, Scott is not able to be here tonight. Um, thank you, Misty. Unfortunately, Scott is up in Montana and uh, unfortunately had a, a, snow, a snowmobile accident. So we're wishing Scott the best. Unfortunately, he and his sister were injured and we wish them all the best. I believe that they're at the hospital right now. So we love you, Scott. We're sending you positive energy. He was going to do the show from his hotel room. And then he called me about an hour and a half after he told me that and said that they were just in a horrible accident. So we send our love and our care to Mr. Scott Goyette. That's why I love doing the show. I do my raw and scripted show on Tuesday nights. Of course, you guys know that. And I do that one solo. So I like doing this one with a buddy. But uh, Scott's not going to be able to be here, so we wish him all the best. And thank you, Misty. Misty says she subscribed. You're awesome. Appreciate you. And then after you listen to this and watch this interview or watch a couple of other ones, then you can go leave us a review. We want you to make sure that you uh, that we we you, you like the show, of course. Uh, prayers to them both. Thank you very much for that. And also just want to do a quick little shout out. This show is brought to you by um, our friends at HelpHealHumanity.org, www.HelpHealHumanity.org. I've been on the board of directors now for a couple of years. And the reason why I'm on the board of directors for this particular organization is because I got the opportunity to interview the CEO and the founder, Serena Buffalino, who is a monster when it comes to you know accomplishing things and wanting to truly help heal humanity. We built schools in Haiti. We've done, uh, we feed and care for the homeless in Hamilton, Ontario. We do stuff here in the United States. It's just a tremendous organization. And here's the thing that I love about it the most, aside from Serena and what she's doing, 
all of the money goes directly towards whatever it is that we're raising funds for. So not in, not in like some other organizations where they take a paycheck and you're wondering, okay, where's all this money going to? It, none of it goes to any of us. We're all non-paid on the board and everything else. Even Serena doesn't take any money. It all goes to the efforts of what we're doing. So when you get value out of this show, again, do what you can. You know, if you can, if you can donate 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 200 bucks, 20 bucks, five bucks, whatever it might be, go to helphealhumanity.org and do that and send us a screenshot of that so we can personally thank you because you guys do it. We get the screenshots every once in a while. I've had a few people say, I'm not going to send you the screenshot, Chris, but I did it. I just want to love and appreciate you guys, you know. Uh, I'm on the board. Actually, we actually sponsor a child in Haiti, so we let, have them go to school. And not only do we send kids to school, get this, a lot of times we have to raise money to feed them because if you haven't been living under a rock recently and, and watching the news, which I really don't, but Haiti has been going through so much tremendous turmoil. They've had two earthquakes that has just been absolutely devastating. And then now there's a lot of gang activity going on there because the, the country's just in, in absolute uh, dire straits. But here, still in one of the roughest parts of Haiti, we're sending kids to school and we're feeding them. So talk about helping to heal humanity. So when you get value out of the show, please go there and do what you can. And if you're interested in getting involved in the, the show, uh, the show, interested in getting involved with Help Heal Humanity, there is volunteer positions and we're even hiring for some board members. So if you're looking to be philanthropic and do what you can, uh, do it with us and we would love and appreciate you for that. So thank you for allowing me that little opportunity to, um, to share that with you. And we got Robert in the house. What's up, Robert in the house? We got him. Uh, and we got uh, Misty saying that's amazing. So yes, yes, it's a beautiful, beautiful organization. And the reason why we're here tonight is because we have a beautiful human being who is out there helping to heal humanity on his own terms. He's an executive mindset coach. And we were recently introduced to one another at a great conversation. I said, you need to be on the show. And I'm bummed Scott's not going to be here to experience this with us. But we have Clifford Starks in the house. What's up, Clifford? Welcome to the Unfiltered Experience, my friend. Hey, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, brother. And uh, thank you, everybody who's watching, too. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you um let's see uh i was i was like robert uh robert says i found where the commenters are Woo -woo, yes we got tom jen in the house what's up sean uh thank you there uh misty says coach so i'm i'm, I'm guessing you know misty i know mama misty yep <laughs> awesome awesome well thank you misty for being here again as well and Clifford, so I just want to dive into this. This is the unfiltered experience. So we're going to have a great conversation here tonight. And you're an executive mindset coach. And a lot of people, you know, I find in life, I've been a coach for over 20 years. A lot of people in life tell me like, um, you know, they have so many excuses about why they're not doing something or why they're not happy. And of course, that's, I became the no excuses coach because I eliminate those excuses. Talk to us about some of the excuses you've had in your personal journey and the ways that you uh, came to find to overcome them. You know, like my my biggest thing was I started life kind of getting punched in the face right out the get go, to be oh, completely yeah. honest. <laughs> I was I know that is. Yeah. So I, I was a three year old kid and um I was afraid to go on this Ghostbuster ride of all things. Mm. Right. So I'm three and I'm terrified to go on this Ghostbuster ride. And I wanted my dad to get on the Ghostbuster ride with me because I was too scared to do it by myself. Right. How old were you at that time? You were three? I was three years old. Yeah. Okay. I was Ooh. three years old. And I, that's the only thing I remember at three, like mm -hmm. that thing. And he didn't get in the Ghostbuster ride with me. So I never got to experience that ride. Oh, wow. And after not experiencing that ride, when he was four, when I was four, he drove out of my life. And I remember him driving away and thinking, I have to be strong. I have to be strong for me. Um, wow, it goes into, crazy. I, yeah, it was, um, I've learned so much as I've gone through my journey and I, 
I revert back and look back and say, holy crap, I saw, I see the world like this. So I, I've always seen the world very optimistically, but I've had to train it into myself too, because sure. just like any muscle, you have to train it. But I, after that, I'm like, I'm going to get as strong as I possibly can. And I'm not going to let fear stop me from doing the things that I want. And it's there. It's going to be here now. And it's going to be here in the future. It's always right. going to be there, but I'm not, not going to get on that Ghostbuster ride. I'm going to get on the rides I want to get on and I'm going to celebrate getting on those rides. Awesome. Awesome. So how do you approach fear? What, what do you do in your mind to transition that, that, because I have a, I have a thought on that, that I do with my clients, you know, around fear. What do you do for yourself to get it, get over those fears? So two things, either I act right away because <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't give my brain time to think about the fear that it's going through. Love it. Or I change the perspective and say, is it really as big as, as I'm making it? Yeah. Like, would I be able to sit on my deathbed and say, I was okay not doing that. If I'm okay, not doing it, whatever. If I wouldn't be okay with not doing it, let's go. Let's make it happen. Let's figure it out. Let's take the action that we need to take. Right. Oh, I love that. I love that. I, I, I look at fear this way. I look at fear as, as also a component. Like I love to have you talked about shifting your perspective because that's a lot of what I do as a coach is just like just shifting people's perspective just a little bit. If I just can get them to look a little bit differently, you know, Dr. Wayne Dyer said, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And so for me, when I was thinking about fear and ways to overcome it, I was standing in line at Mad to talk about rides. It wasn't the Ghostbuster ride, but it was Colossus mm-hmm. here in Southern mm-hmm. California. It was years ago and I was sitting, uh, I was standing in line. It was like a two hour line. So we had plenty of time. And then the group in front of us, right directly in front of us, they were talking about how excited they were. So like, oh my God, it's gonna be so much fun. We're gonna put our hands up in the air. We're gonna die. We're gonna scream. You know, it's gonna be the best ride of the day. And they were just all jammed about it. Just all throughout the time we were standing in line. Yeah. One group behind me or two groups behind me, I think it was, um, they were talking about, and I could hear them cause I was kind of walking around, you know, just breaking up time. I could hear them talking about, Oh my God, it's so high. Oh my God. What if the ride breaks down? Oh my God. You know, this is an old thing. And they were just talking about, it. so in one situation right in front of me, everybody was excited and their adrenaline was going and people over here, they were fearful and their adrenaline was going on. It dawned on me as a coach. I was like, it's the same fucking thing. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just dependent on like, are you excited to look at it? Or are you fearful of it? So I offer, I offer my clients the opportunity to sit there and think about that fear as something to be excited for, because it's going to push you out of your comfort zone and allow you to grow and become stronger and, and increase your confidence. What do you think about that? I a hundred percent agree. And I, I want to give a shout out mama Misty. I saw Dwight Mack. That's my boy too. And uh, Marcus, uh, my people keep holding yeah. it down, but I will say, Chris, a hundred percent agree with that. And what's so cool, like you're the no excuses coach, right? Hi, Tara. You're the no excuses coach. And I say like, everyone has a reason to doing what they're doing. And ultimately I go, okay, how can I make the one reason better than the reason that they have right now? Because they're like, oh, well, my tire's flat. Oh, my engine's bad. Um, My legs hurt. Uh, This happened over here. The birds are chirping. It can be a million and one things. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, what's that thing that's stopping them from doing the thing that they want to do? Right. And when I can figure that out, I just give them both to them in their hand, just like Morpheus with Neo. Mm. Hey, right. do you want to take the red pill or the, <laughs> or the blue pill? Which one do you want to take? <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a good one. That's I love that. And uh, Robert says here, he says, uh, that fear is a friend of mine. I realized realize that the time it left me for a short time is a very useful emotion, bringing fun to the haunted house or roller coaster. Yes. My boy, David Libby's in the house. Thank you, David, for being here. I don't know if David, you just got here. 
or you're repeating what I said, but I literally just said that quote. So I hope you're repeating it. But if not, that's kind of cool <laughs> that we're thinking about the same thing. But there it is. It's one of the most impactful quotes that I that I often use every single day. And then my beautiful, beautiful friend and my sister from another Mr. Tara is in the house. She says, fear is my best friend. Ooh, what's your best friend doing? Uh, yeah, it's, she says here, it moves you out of your comfort zone. I can hear her totally saying that. She's a she's up in Canada, so thank you. She's preparing for a horrible storm that's heading their way. So sending you love and light over there uh, as well. Misty Morrison is commenting. She says, two sides of the same coin. Fear is a crazy emotion. Yes, it is. And um, I want to switch gears for a little bit, um, Clifford, and, and talk about, you know, doing our best. You know, often, you know, talking about excuses and whatnot. People all the time, I don't know if they tell you this, but like, Chris, I'm doing my best. I'm doing the best I can. I'm doing the best I can. And I know this, you know, really came up into my periphery years ago for myself when I came home from work and I had some sort of challenging situation that was going on there. And I was put my keys in my wallet up on my dresser. And I said out loud, because I, I talked to myself out loud. I'm not crazy, but I, I do it. I, I feel like I get better conversations that way. It's it's a long story. But I said, well, I did the best I could today. And then I was putting, I could still remember it. And I was standing there, I was like, okay, wait a minute, wait, wait, let's just time out there for a second. Cause I'm always my own best coaching client. I'm like, okay, I did the best I could. Was really, how do I quantify my best? What is my best? Was that my best or was I just giving myself an excuse to say, okay, well, you know, we'll do better next time. And then I kind of rewound it and thought about as kids, you know, the, the conditioning cycle of how we become who we become really happens between zero and five. So in that in that situation, that's that's what really happens. And so when the when the teacher comes up and says, Christopher, did you do your best on your math test? Yes, I did. And then they say, okay, do better next time. And it's like a get out of jail free card, you know, Christopher, did, no, I did the best, but nobody ever says, okay, what is your best? And how do we quantify how you're going to do better at it? Right. And so yeah. I think about that for myself. And so when I talk to my coaching clients, I'm like, are you doing the best you can? And they say, yes, I am. Um, so we get into that, we dig into the weeds of that because I believe in getting to the root of a situation. So what are your thoughts on that one? When, when your clients tell you that they're doing the best you can, the best they can. And you're sitting there going, hmm, I don't know. I think you could do better. I mean, I'm sure you know who David Goggins is, right? Oh, yeah. I love that animal. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, 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 I read his book, Can't Hurt Me, right before I did back surgery. And I studied yeah. the guy for like fucking like six months. I just studied him. And then now I just started listening to his new book. And it's phenomenal once again. But I mean, that guy, when I think about doing your best, sometimes I think he's a little psychotic and sending the wrong message for what he does. I mean, he has the opportunity, <laughs> he has the opportunity to lay in bed for six months after he destroys his body. Um, but talk to us about uh, doing our best and what we can do to inspire our listeners and our viewers to do their best. You know, I, I love that question. And I'll say they are the answer. And, and what I mean by they are the answer is everybody's just a guide. So I, I can look at a David Goggins and be like, oh, I got to run till I get shin splints. I got to I'm just going to deal with the consequence that I've put on myself. Right. But I know when I'm doing my best and I know when I'm not doing my best. And that's okay. It's asking, do you want this result or do you not want the result? And sometimes I'm, I really want the result. result, And sometimes not so much. <laughs> like there's going How do you, to how do you quantify that though? Like I, for me, I use the scale of one to 10 a lot. So I think about yeah, it. So I, I never I pick do, seven. I do look at the one through 10. I actually had this conversation with a client uh, three days ago. And he, he was supposed to be training Saturday morning, right? And he says, ah, it's hard to wake up Saturday mornings. Like it's because I'm up on Fridays. And I go, if you stay up too late, you know what happens. That's mm -hmm. with anybody. If you stay up too late, you're probably not doing the right things. And I asked him, I go, how, how serious on a scale of one to 10 are you about your fitness on getting to this aspect? And he said, I'm at a 10. And I'm like, 
you're at a 10, but you're talking about how you're staying up late on Friday and right. you can't make it up on a Saturday. And that's a 10. I go, look, all I ask, don't, don't BS me and don't BS yourself. That's all I'm asking. Right. Just be straight with yourself. Because if you're at a 10, you would have come to several other coaches before you just happened to meet me by your chiropractor who was talking about it. Like nice. that's not a 10, a 10, someone who's like, I'm Googling it. I'm YouTubing it. I've, I've come to three coaches. It's not working. I'm doing everything that I can, mm -hmm. but that story is not a 10 story that you're telling me. And he goes, I'm at a seven. I'll give you a trick. I don't let people pick seven. Most people really? will pick seven because it's just above, you know, being mediocre. I'm like, I'm not mediocre, but I want it bad enough, but I don't want it. You know, so I find I tell them to eliminate seven and they either have to pick eight or six. They get really serious about what they're answering. So a little tip. I like that. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what it comes down to is if I can just stay at average, I'm doing okay. That doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It like, it just doesn't work. Like, why would I, the frog that is in the middle of the road is going to get ran over. Why would I want to be in the middle? <laughs> I want to either be on one side or the other side. Right. I don't want to be in the middle where I'm definitely going to get ran over. That's like me trying to fight. So I used to be a UFC fighter and I'm fighting in the UFC and I'm doing average work. I don't want right. to get killed by those animals. Uh -oh. Like that, that's ridiculous to me. So either go all in or go pick a different profession. Exactly. That's what, that's what I was thinking. And, and when I think about doing our best, I use that scale of one to 10 a lot. And I'll give you an example of what I do. So I'm, I'm a little, I go dark. So I believe that, you know, we often change when we hit bottom, right? Or when something becomes, you know, there's no other way to, to, to go, but we have to make that decision to actually rise up. And so when I've had people, you know, talking about money, which is obviously a, a huge concern for, for most people, is I'll talk to them. And recently I had this conversation with a lady was interested in coaching with me and I told her what it was to work with me and she got a little fool and I was like, well, you know, you want results. I'm, I've been doing this for 20 years. I, I could save you, you know, you could do it on your own for the next 10 years or right? we could do it in six months to a year. That all depends upon you. But at any rate, I said, I told her, I said, uh, what would you say if I asked you to raise $10,000 in seven days and it can't be illegal, immoral or unethical? And she looked at me, we're on a Zoom call. And, I, and she goes, she goes, I, I would say you're crap. She goes, Chris, if I could get $10,000 and so I can't get $10,000 in a month. And I said, listen to your language already. You can't, you can't, you can't. I said, so uh, tell me about somebody in your life that you that you love the most. I said, do you have kids? She says, yes. And I said, how old is your kid? Uh, she said, nine. I said, what's his name? She says, Nathan. Or what's her his or her name? Nathan. Mm -hmm. And I said, on a scale of one to 10, how much do you love Nathan? Would you take a bullet for Nathan? And she goes, oh my God, yes. Nathan, a 10, I would take a bullet. I would do whatever I needed to do to protect my son. And I said, okay, thank you for that. I said, so I'm going to go dark. I'm just warning you. We're going to go dark for a second. Is it okay if I go dark? She goes, yeah. And they said, so all things being equal, you come home from work tomorrow, you open the front door and there's Nathan sitting on a chair. I'm like, oh, there's Nathan. But sitting next to Nathan is a gentleman that you've never seen before. And he's holding a nine millimeter gun to his temple. And then he looks at you and says, hi, you're his mom, right? Yeah. Okay. I would like for you to raise $10,000 and it can't be illegal, immoral, or unethical in seven days, or I'm going to go and I'm going to pull the trigger. So I asked this lady, I said, do you find a way to get that $10,000 or are you going to let your son die? Immediately, you could tell her physiologist, like, you could tell she would do anything to, she goes, no, I would, I would do it. And I said, why? She goes, oh, I'd have to. And I said, what's the difference in the last three minutes that have happened? Now you have to, now you have leverage. So what I teach people is have that positive leverage to really find out what their best is. And so I love doing that to people because they're like, oh, wow. You know, it's all about, I find it in my clients is the fact that 
when you get resourceful, you know, you find how many fucking TVs do you need in your house? You know, do you need a, a $2,000 iPhone? Can you have the iPhone six and, and live with this? You know, all the different things that we spend money on that we think we need. Um, I try to get, I invite them to eliminate those things and actually put the money to where it is. It's going to advance them in their career and in their happiness and everything else. What are your thoughts on that? Losing, losing dark leverage to, to motivate people. Do you ever do that in your job? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to use whatever they need. So I, I say I'm going to nurture your nature. And as, as a person, there's three things that are going to move you. It's going to be the individual themselves. It's going to be other people or it's going to be circumstances. So I like to use all three and really get those anchors in deep. Um, Mama Misty knows personally. I, I'm just going to call people on what I'm going to call them on. But I... <laughs> It's funny because I'll start off like, hey, there's greatness in you. Yeah, uh -huh. come on, come on over, come on over. And when it's time to gut punch, because sometimes it's time, oh, you know, yeah. and you just got to figure out when the time is. And um, the, the cool thing about coaching, coaches really love, you know, they love deeply because they know what pain feels like and they yeah. don't want people to be in pain. They want them to be their their own savior in a way. We're just a guide, but yeah. we want them to be their own savior because Life's a bitch. It's a hard game. It's a Literally hard game. Yeah, just to be like, oh, man, I, I can't believe that didn't work. Like, sometimes you'll do everything right. Right. You'll be on point. And you'll still F up. Like, and you'll <laughs> still F up. But you'll get better than you were if you didn't do it at all. Yes. And so I remind people, like, look, what what's your dream? What do you want? What do you want to go after? And sometimes it gets scary when you ask that question. Because when oh, you yeah. call people out on, on actually saying the thing that they want in their life, now they got to take responsibility for actually getting it. Ooh, you said the R word, dude. <laughs> you said the R word on my show. By the way, you can swear. If you, if you swear, you can swear. Awesome. Um, I, I keep, I, I keep the, I, that's why it's the unfiltered experience in my other shows called the raw and scripted uh, show. So I just, I know some people don't like it, but that's just the way I talk. Um, <laughs> so yes, I love that. And Misty, Misty, Misty's backing you up on this. And she says he definitely nurtures, but yes, he'll call us on our crap. Thank you for that. I got my friend Debbie in the house. She says, Hey, Christopher, my daughter, Tori and I are watching. Hi guys. Thank you guys for being here. Especially we got uh, Dwight saying, uh, yes, sir. My beautiful sister here says, uh, Christopher, resourcefulness, 100%. Yes, 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 yes. I want to capture this comment here as well. Tara says, interestingly enough, the more they focus on the lack of that money, the more they get. <laughs> you get what you get what you order, 100%. I mean, we talk about the reticular, activation, <laughs> the reticular activation system, which I'm sure you're aware of, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. the RAS system. So the way I define it to people is I tell them, you got this, you got the, this ability, like, say, for example, I just had it, have it, had it happen to a friend of mine. He rented a car. He got a Ford Explorer and he was telling me this without even me asking. He goes, dude, I had the craziest thing happen to me the other day. And I said, what was that? And he goes, well, I had to rent a car because uh, Hyundai was screwing up my, my, my car. So I had to rent a car to come here to California. And he goes, I had a Ford Explorer. And he goes, it's crazy how many Ford Explorers we saw after being in one. And I said, mm -hmm. oh, that's your RAS system, your reticular activation system. I said, you know, it's like, you know, energy goes where focus goes. Energy flows where focus goes, as I say. And I said, you know, I said the same thing works in every other area of our life. And I said, I can give you an example. And he says, okay. I said, uh, I said, where are you at right now? He goes, I'm in, my, I'm in my room. And I said, okay. I said, look around and tell me everything that's red. And I said, just, just take a look. Let me know when you let me know when you got that. And he's like, red, 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 red. He goes, okay, I got it. And I said, okay, without looking around, what was blue? Yeah. He's like, well, Chris, you were telling me to look for what was red. And I said, the same thing happens in your life. If you're focused on, oh, I always screw up the, the relationships. Oh, I never can get things right. 
you sit there and say always and never you're making that permanent distinction that you're 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 furthering that rut in your in your habit and your routine to say no that's never going to happen for you what are your thoughts on that and thinking about the ras system how do you use that with it, your clients it's so true and and not only does it show up in your with your clients it shows up in all your relationships too everything, everything. um yeah so i see myself as a father i've been married for 15 years we're going on 16 march 30th congratulations i'm, I'm actually right there with you i think I'm oh on, nice uh, yeah i think 2007 i can't do the math what is that that's right. Yeah, that's there. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Perfect. October congratulations. Of yeah, congratulations to you too. Yeah. Um, so it, it it's one of those things where, you know, you, you figure out how to condition your own, but it's also figuring out how to help your your family, your friends condition theirs too. Sure. Because I'm not just going to cut people out of my life. I'm not doing it. Um, oh, not unless something really, yeah, it's a... Unless something really, really big happens, I'm not going to be like, oh, I can't deal with these kids. Oh, I can't deal with my wife. Oh, I can't deal with my parents. Oh, I can't deal with my friends. F that. I'm going to change and they're going to change. And we're going to change together and we're going to have a great, a lot of fun doing that process, going through that process. Because they actually make me a be better leader at the end yeah. of the day. Oh, I love that. I love that. You and I can sit here and talk for hours. I'm sure it's going to be that way. So talk to me about a time in your life. You know, you talked about being three years old and, and wanting to go on the Ghostbusters ride, but talk to me about a time in your life when you were at your lowest, like when you're really at your lowest, talk to me about what that was and, and what the process was for you to come out of that and what lessons you can see now from this, this perspective of, of why that happened perhaps in your life. I've had so many yeah. horrible things happen, but I can look back at them now and go, okay, that was happening for me and not to me. What, what about you? So I had a, um, this was a, a guy who I was working at his gym and I signed some paperwork I shouldn't have signed. Oh. I was a young, young kid and I got hit with a lot of debt, about oh. 75,000. Dude. And I just, yeah, I was, so I was 19 signing it and all of this fell when I was about 23. Oh my God. I was terrified. And I had creditors, <laughs> the creditors started calling and I just, I remember I, I went to go take a nap and I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. I just looked up at the ceiling, like I'm fucked. Like yeah. I, I'm done. This is a wrap. And I instantly went into what can I do? Cause I'll get into that. When my knees get buckled, I'll take the buckle, right? I'll, I'd like. I'm done. It's a wrap. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, what, what can I do? And so I remember going to the gym and I started training and that's what I did. I remember talking with the creditors. I let them know my position. And what was really, really interesting, they were very nice. They were very nice. And I think they were very nice to me because I wasn't trying to avoid them. Right. I wasn't hanging up on them. I was just letting them know, hey, this is the situation. And I also was like, why did you wait so long to actually contact me? Why did you contact me a little bit earlier until he like dipped and I have all this interest on top of it? Wow. So um, they're like, Mr. Starks, we will work with you the best that we can. And, and that's when I realized like, wait a minute, pe people are inherently what we see them to be. If we see them as helping us out, if we see them as supporting us, they're going to try. 
right. we see them as assholes, they're going to be that. Oh, yeah. So we're literally creating our reality without knowing that we're cre- creating our reality. So and the true. best thing about leadership, as I've learned on my journey, is I always look at me and go, what can I do better in this situation? Because adults are just grown kids. Like every one of us. I'm so with you on and that. I'm so with you on that. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, wait a minute. We're all kids. Yeah. We all have our habits. We all yeah. have our little downfalls. We have our upfalls too. We have yeah. the superior sides of us and, and our inferior side. So it's really figuring those pieces out. But I, it was such a great lesson for me because it reminded me like, holy crap, I was able to get, like I got out of the situation. And I told one of my coaches, uh, this was when I was fighting, actually. So I'm in my UFC fight. I make my UFC debut. I end up winning that fight. My coach goes, okay, call the creditors up right now. Tell them you want to make a deal and you'll go 50% of everything cash and you want to be done with it. Whoa. I'm like, you sure that's going to work? He's like, I'm almost positive, but you can't know unless you try. I ended up calling him up. I'm like, look, this is the situation. This is where I'm at. Um, If I can pay you cash right now uh, at 50%, can we just call it a a wash? He goes, Mr. Starks, every one of them. Yes, we will do that for you. And uh, yeah, Yeah. I got out of the situation. And and it was, whew, let me tell you, like when you get chopped down by the knees and you get up, wow, you feel strong as hell. Yeah. It's so true. And I love it that you're talking about this. I can't remember the guy's name, but I was watching a Tom Billyu interview this week. I take up some salt bass and I sit there and that's when I do my, my studying. So I watched Tom Billyu, which I love to death. And he was yeah. had a guest on there. I can't remember his name, Elrod or something like that. I can, I can get it for everybody and put it, put it here in the, but he wrote a book, but in the conversation he was talking about when he was working for, as a, as a sales rep for Cutco Knives, he said, one of the things that they did and as part of their training, I guess they have a, an excellent training program for their salespeople is they said, okay, we're going to talk about emotions and how to handle those because you're going to face a lot of rejection. And a lot of us don't face the rejection that a salesperson would re- face. So they talked about having this mindset of you get a five minute, you know, bitch session. I call it a one day. I give, I, I give my friends and my coaching clients a one day pity party. Like if something mm-hmm. bad happens, you can stomp your feet, you can yell and scream and eat bonbons and do whatever you want. But the next morning you wake up, you open your eyes and you're, you're part of the solution. You're not part of the problem. And so mm-hmm. um, in that, he talks about that they, they got that five minute little bitch session, you know, to sit there and say, OK, it is what it is. Right. And that's what I tell my people. I'm, I tell myself, I'm like, once you like, come to the clean on it pretty quickly, it's like it is what it is. I, I can't change. Like somebody gets a cancer diagnosis. I've had two friends get a cancer diagnosis. My mother in law's in the room right behind me. She just got cancer. So she's out here getting her treatments. Um, you know, it is what it is. Like it's, it is what it is. You found it. Like I'm $75,000 in debt. It is what it is. What can I do? How can I be a proactive part of the solution? And I love the fact that you said, you know, just try so many people are so afraid to try because of the fear of failure and the fear of mistakes and all other stuff. Talk to us about that. How can we reframe perspectives about people so afraid to make another mistake? Like, I don't want to make another mistake because the way I look at it is if you learn from your mistakes, I always ask, I said, do you learn from your mistakes? Most people say yes. And I said, go make more. And they're like, yeah. What do you mean? And I said, failure way to success. I said, Thomas Edison created the light bulb after what, 100,000, 10,000 tries? He just kept going. He just kept going. He wanted it on a scale of one to 10. He wasn't going to give up and he was going to continue to try and figure out what it is. So many people I've interviewed, I've been interviewing people for now probably 22 or no, actually 12 years. Everybody I've talked to has said, you know, what's the worst that can happen, right? I'm in this shitty situation. If I go ask somebody for a loan or go ask somebody for the sale, what's the possibility of the worst thing happening? But yet let's focus on the best and, and talk to us about 
how we can get people to to rewrite that per, that that uh, perspective of I don't want to make any more mistakes any more mistakes I'm afraid to fail. Yeah, yeah. Um, my biggest thing is, and <laughs> I know you mentioned you go dark, so I'm getting ready to go dark myself. Let's go. Um, we're all Fasten gonna your die. Seat <laughs> yeah, we're all gonna die. Uh -huh. I'm gonna be alive, and one day I'm not. Mm -hmm. Am I doing the things that I wanted to do in this body that is alive right now? Because that's an opportunity. And you can choose to waste your opportunities and say, I wish I would have done that. And then be in the grave wishing you would have done things. Uh -huh. Or you can go do them today, now. And that's what it is, is, is now my body's literally getting amped up as I'm talking about it because life is a present moment game. And too often we're, we're waiting for this thing to show up for us. We're waiting for the future to work for us. We're waiting for like, oh, when I get that Hail Mary, when I get that opportunity, the opportunity has always been here. It's now. Yes. It always has been and it always will be. Live now. So true. I'm so true. And I love how you said that, Cliff. Clifford. I, I'm going to bounce back before Clifford and Clifford or Cliff. And we'll see which one sticks <laughs> with me. Um, I love that you talk about that because so many people are out there and I'm so passionate about this. People probably want to throw rocks at me for saying, because I always say it, everybody's playing the someday game. Well, someday when this happens and someday when that happens and when this person does this and when this, then when the stars align, then I'll go out there and I'll be happy when I've got it all perfect and figured out, then I'll go, no, you got to live today because what you were talking about there basically amounts to regrets. And most of my social media posts say no regrets, hashtag no regrets, because for me, I look at it this way and, and Ed Milet, I have to give Ed Milet the credit for this. It's another person that I follow. I only follow a few people in personal development because most of them are frauds. Um, quite <laughs> honestly, I found this out. They're a bunch of bullshitters. That's another subject. But uh, Ed Milet said, you know, he was, he was talk, talking about leverage and he said, you know, for me, he goes, and he's a very religious person. I'm not super religious. I'm a more of a spiritual person. But he says, you know, I, I believe that we're here. We're souls having this, this human experience. And he goes, I believe we came here to, to, to achieve a certain amount of things that we're here where we're met all for greatness. We all have our zone of genius, which is another book I'll talk about, but we're all here to, to achieve certain things. And he goes, I believe the worst thing in my, my, my whole journey could be when I meet my maker, he says, Ed, you could have been a famous motivational speaker. Ed, you could have uh, started a company called WFG. Ed, you could have Ed, 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 but you didn't. And to think yeah. about that dissonance, that, 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 okay, you could have been here, but you're here, you know, that whole journey, everything that you went through, you didn't really go and pursue what it is that you're supposed to pursue. So you got to go do that. And one of the things that I found is this book. It's called The Five Regrets of the Dying. Ladies and gentlemen, I talk about it a lot on all my shows. Five Regrets of the Dying. It's by Bonnie Ware. Bronnie Ware. B-R-O-N-N-I-E. Five Regrets of the Dying. You actually can go read a snippet about I found it first on the, the internet. So if you go and it'll show you The Five Regrets of the Dying. This lady was a hospice nurse. And she decided to write this book. She was with all these patients that were dying. And she finally figured out like the number one regret of the dying is that people live the life they thought they were supposed to live, not the life they wanted to live. And so when you think about oh, that, you're on your deathbed and you're just like, wow, I did everything for everybody else. I was so worried what what so-and-so was going to say. I was so worried about my parents. I was so worried about this. And now I'm sitting here and I have nothing but time to think about all that shit that I could have done. I could have taken that chance. I could have started my own company. I could have divorced my husband 20 years ago when I knew I was not in love with him anymore. I could have found another relationship. I could have had kids. I could have, whatever it is that you should have, could have, would have. That book for me, I couldn't even finish it. I was like, like, no, 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 no. This for me was leverage sitting there going, okay, wow. 
thinking about those regrets. <clears throat> so what I do is I inspire people to write their eulogy. When I say when I say that, because back in 2008, I wrote my eulogy. I was at a church uh, at a funeral and I was sitting in the back and I thought, if I died tomorrow, who would show up and what would they say? And I figured at that point, 10 or 15 people would show up. They would bring cases of Miller Genuine Draft and Jack Daniels and a bunch of Bon Jovi and Motley Crue records and go, remember that time Chris did that stupid thing? Remember that time Chris got drunk and did that? Remember that time Chris you know, drove his car off a cliff? Remember that time he crashed his boat? Oh yeah, he was a former seventh grade homeless dropout who got a master's degree and ultimately changed the world. I figured yeah. the, little pros, the postscript to my life was gonna be that little thing. Oh yeah, he did this. Everything was more just gonna be about all the stupid shit I did. So I went home and I wrote my eulogy. And actually, I was just putting it in my book yesterday. I'm, I actually finished writing my book yesterday. It's 166,000 words. It's crazy. But in there, my eulogy said, Christopher Roush will have fought for what's right and what's fair. He will have risked the fortune that mattered, and he will left the earth a better place for who he was and what he did. And when I wrote that, Clifford, I just like tears were running down my face. I had no idea this was going to happen. But I wanted to figure out, okay, what do I want to be remembered for? So now that when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is I say what I'm grateful for before my eyes open. Right when I first wake up, what I'm grateful for, and a lot of it's the same, but then I always try to find new things to be grateful for. And then again, before my eyes open, I say what my intentions are. And one of those intentions is to be present and playful with my son. I have a six-year-old boy. The other intention is to, to fulfill that legacy so that if this is the last thing I ever do, my son can come watch this and go, wow, dad was really living up to his legacy. He was really doing what it is that he wanted to do wholeheartedly. And you know, even though he's gone, he was still fulfilling that legacy so he didn't have any regrets. What do you think about that? Like writing your eulogy, is that something you've ever done? considered yeah so I, I think it's extremely deep um mm -hmm. and and i'll say i was so afraid of dying you know yeah. through a, a lot of my life and i i want to live as much life as i can i still fear dying i want to live as much as i can and mm -hmm. i enjoy living in this body um I did have a near-death experience, and I'll, I'll talk about that at another time. Wow. But but ultimately, when you were saying what you were saying in the beginning, my, my mom was a hospice nurse. Oh, so you know. So I got to hear those stories. And no one's at fault for the game that they're playing. But they do have to take responsibility when they realize that they're playing it. And so as you were talking about it, I literally wanted to jump out of my skin. I cannot help myself because I want the best for people. And they they have so much power and potential yes. that they don't even realize it. True. And so even when I started, like, this is greatness within, I I started it in in hopes that people would see what they were. And what's crazy, I started seeing what I was. You know, oh, it kind of, yeah, it kind mm -hmm. of flipped the script on me. Yeah. Everybody that I influence influences me. And that's where I was just kind of like, holy crap, this is a mm -hmm. cool ass game. Like when uh, you really understand it, it's yeah. a really cool game because when I pour into others, they actually want to pour back into me. Right. They want to support me. They want to lift me up. And it actually makes me want to be a better and a stronger leader not for just myself, but for others. Yes. And and it all started with, I'm taking a stand for me. When I was four, I, I took a stand for me. You did. And I wasn't going to stop standing for me. And then I had my, no, son, you shouldn't fight. I made it into the UFC. Oh, you're just a little fat, chunky kid. I got in shape. Mm. 
oh, well, you're not very bright. I'm an academic athlete, you know, and, and you get to a point where you realize, wait a minute, everyone's full of shit. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter what they say. It never did. I always become what I want to become. Yep. So I don't even technically have to listen to them. And so I just, I do my best to support me and I do my best to support others because even all that bull crap that they're trying to spew at you, it doesn't right. even have anything to do with you. Mm -hmm. It's nothing to do with you because if they were in a good space, they wouldn't even be thinking about that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like people playing at the highest level aren't thinking about like, well, at least I'm better than that guy. No, they're too busy being great. <laughs> so they're not thinking about it. Yeah, they're living their legacy. They're living yeah. through to what true and congruent to their values. That's another thing that uh, that I find with my clients. I'm like, you know, does it align with your values? And they have to pause and think about it. I'm like, have you written your values out lately? Like actually written things, because I always make my clients handwrite stuff. Like the power of that commitment when you handwrite stuff is pretty incredible. And I'm like, when's the last time you visited your values and, and based your decisions on those values and you add into that that the eulogy aspect of it, there's no, no, there's no other way to, to, but to go after your dreams. Like if you sit there and ask myself, is my, one of my values, uh, fear and uncertainty? Well, no. Okay. One of my values is, is, is positivity and, 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 uh, you know, living my best life, then what decisions do I need to make? And so oftentimes people are part of the, the problem and not part of the solution. And that's where I sit there and invite people again that have that little perspective shift to sit there and think, okay, what's the one thing you can do starting today that by which doing so will start the ball rolling on whatever it is that you possibly want to do. If you want to write a book, can you write 10 words tomorrow? Can you write out a title? Can you come out? I have so many people say, I want to write a book. I'm like, well, why don't you? Well, I got to think about it. And fuck that. Just start writing. Start writing that shit and write and write and write and write. I have 166,000 words. I started October of 2020 writing this memoir about my life. I'm going to have to drop it down quite a bit. Um, but you know, you just start doing it. You want to work out, you want to get skinnier. How about just one less bite and one more mile of walking? You know, I always talk about the one more, one less kind of thing. You can do it. And if you start today, it actually will happen. And it'll get that compound interest. I call it the compound interest for, you know, building your confidence. You start doing that and you start telling yourself, no, I'm not going to slack off anymore. And it's pretty incredible what it is that you can invite into your life. You start building that confidence muscle, man. And you know, this it's like, wow, I start to feel better. What else can I do? I've had so many of my coaching clients go, Chris, you've opened my eyes up. Now I just keep thinking, what else can I do? What else can I do? Because now I'm no longer afraid of those, those failures and opinions and everything else. I'm afraid that I'm not going to end up being the person that I'm supposed to be here to be. Yeah. And what's super crazy and awesome. So the first time I, I met you, I was like, I freaking love this dude. Like, I just love the energy, right? Thank you. I just love being around the Same energy. Here. And I, I had a, I had a client and he he changed his standard just because of the way I showed up. Like sometimes you don't even have to ask a question. Yeah. You just have to show up a certain way. And in showing up the way that you show up, they want to show up better. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap, that is really kind of cool. And I'm looking at it like everything's energy. Like everything comes down to energy at yes. the end of the day. And when I figured that out, um, the game just got more and more interesting and more and more fascinating. So my, um, my eulogy, I have written it. It said changed a billion lives and counting, Love right? Because my, my goal is to change a billion lives. Now it actually changed from when I started to where I'm at now, because I wanted to change a billion lives. Cause I'm like, all right, the rest of the world can't possibly F this up. If there's a billion happy uh, people who are enjoying life and loving life, then they'll 
they'll reflect that and bring it on other people and everybody will come together. Yes. But it, it changed to, holy crap, every life I change changes me. Mm-hmm. So it's that, that ripple effect in both directions of they're changing and I'm changing. We're changing together. We're coming together. I'm like, wait a minute. We're meant to be together. Men, mm-hmm. women, and children. We're meant to be together. And we try to separate and separate news and media and all of that crap. Yeah. It's just like, oh, fear, fear, left, yeah. right, this, this, over uh-huh. here. Look at what they're saying over there. It's humans having a human experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. I don't watch the news or follow politics anymore. The whole COVID thing and everybody coming out of their sheet about, you know, Trump or Biden or Vax or this, that, and all. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, look, can't we just all coexist? You know, it's pretty crazy. So I always invite, I always get people, because I'm, I'm the same way with you. I look at my son. Um, he's six years old. Do you have kids? Two. Yeah, a six-year-old and a two-year-old. That's right. I think we had talked about that. So we both have six-year-olds. Yeah, we have a lot of, a lot of things in common. Um, that's why I'm loving this conversation, especially so when I think about and I look at my son, I'm like, does he, I'm scared for the world he's growing up in. I'm like, I think back to when we were kids, at least I'm 54. Um, you know, you can stay out until the lights came on. There was so much freedom and so much opportunity. And now it's so scary. And I think, you know, where the world's going with AI and all this stuff, I worry for my son. I worry for what kind of environment he's going to have to grow up in and, and live in. And I just tell people, I'm like, can you imagine like, you know, John Lennon said, can we give peace a chance? And then um, like the song, Imagine, you know, can you imagine the beautiful world? I can like I th- literally think of every single person in this world. One day we picked one day and everybody went out there and did one nice thing for somebody else. Complete mm-hmm. stranger. Everybody did that in your whole eight billion people in the world. And if we did that every day for about two weeks, how different this world would be. Because once we get rid of once we help the hurt people, because we know hurt people hurt people. If we can help remedy that. This world can become such a phenomenal place and not a divisive place and not a, oh, those people that, that, that they, you know, it would be us. We, that's why I'm with that company or with the organization to help heal humanity, because I don't care if you're black, white, short, straight, gay, Republican, Democrat, whatever, you're a human because I've proven it standing in front of thousands of people. I'm like, look around the room. Cause I always do this. I use that's, I'm like, that's my little platform to tell people, yeah. hey, shut the fuck up. We're all the same. And literally I do that. And I'm like, look around the room. There's black, white, short, straight, gay, you know, transgender, Republican, da, 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 all everybody's in this room right now. Look around. I said, for any of you guys out there are racist or anything else or whatever, have you had a blood transfusion? Did you ever ask where the blood came from? No, because it's blood and it comes from all of us. So I said, you split us all down the middle right now. You take out these, these, the outer exterior. We're all the same. I can get your heart. You can yeah. get my liver. You know, we can trans, we're all the same. We are humanity. So I love that you brought that up. I want to ask you another question about, uh, your business. So you're an executive mindset coach. Talk to us about what got you into that and what really you help your clients do. What, like, if you had to nail it down, like, what do you help your clients do and why did you become an executive mindset coach? Yeah. So the, the biggest thing I help my clients do is to think differently because if they thought the way they needed to think, they would have the thing that they wanted. Yes. So, so it's thinking boom, boom, differently. Boom. Yeah, yeah. And it's and, and it's um having the right resources available in that thinking. So I, I literally just shortened the gap. I called myself uh, and I got it from Jay Abraham. Right. So I'm I'm learning the skill set of being a marketing consultant and strategist right now. Yeah. But ultimately, I'm a guy who's going to listen to his people and listen closely and ask deep questions and figure out how to get them the solution, whether I'm the solution or something else is the solution. 
I'm going to point them to where they need to go to win in their game. Nice. Nice. Can you talk to us about a success story with one of your clients that kind of sticks out? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm actually working with uh, one guy who he has a moving company or he has a moving company and he's been in it for about two years. It's This is actually super, super cool because I brought him in in a room full of powerhouses. Like these guys have gone to the top. And one guy, one of these guys is actually my business partner. His name's uh, Curtis Teachout. But he has 12 kids and five businesses. And he somehow found a way to juggle all of that. And so this guy, he's in this room with all of these people. And he's like, holy crap, I'm, I'm nowhere near any of these guys. Like they are crushing it. Right. And I go, brother, you're in the right room. Because that's the name of the game. When I was a fighter, the word, the reason I got so far so fast is because I would fight with people who would challenge me, who would take me to another place. Mm -hmm. And what I do is I, I help people go to that place. I challenge them and I have others challenge them as well. But the true leader is always the individual in the driver's seat. Yes. We sometimes just don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty incredible. You know, you have to invite people to sit there and say, okay, are you a part? I, I go like simple straight to the point. Are you part of the problem or part of the solution? And yeah. they're like, oh, well, I'm not part of it. No, you're then if you're part of the problem. So when you've got, you go, okay, what, what can you do about, you know, like we were talking about before becoming resourceful, you know, that's why getting people out of their comfort zone, that's where you're truly living. That's where you're growing. Like when I tell yeah. people like, you know, my story, I'm like, oh my God, Chris, I don't know if I could have survived all the things that you went through. I'm like, sure you can. I said, all yeah. I did was one step at a time, literally one step at a time. I was a seventh grade dropout. And at 18 years old, my one of my mentors, my girlfriend's dad said, Chris, have you thought about getting your diploma? And I'm like, are you crazy? I'm not going to go back and finish seventh grade and go to eighth grade. And I'm 18 years old now. I'd be ridiculous. He goes, no, no, no. You could do this thing called a GED. And I was like, a GED? What the hell is that? He goes, it's a general equivalency diploma. And I was like, I... And I thought I was stupid. My mom told me I was stupid my entire life. I did poorly in school because I had an eyesight issue and a little bit of a hearing deficiency. So I stopped raising my hand and doing stuff. And I did poorly in school. But, you know, in the seventh grade, all my life, I was bullied, either bullied by the kids on the street, bullied at kids at school, or my ass kicked by my mom. There was a lot of physical violence in my house. So I had zero confidence and everything else. And I'm like, you want me to go and like prove that I'm stupid? Are you kidding me? Like, no way. There's no way I'm going to do this. But then I thought for a minute, I'm like, Okay, this guy's actually pretty smart. He's got he's got furniture in his house he doesn't sit on. And I grew up without a couch. Like we had a twin bed mm-hmm. because we had 18 or we had about 30 cats in our house. That's another story. But I'm sitting there like he's got he's got all these things together. He's the president of a trucking company. I'm like, might I take some advice from somebody who has demonstrated that they're successful? And so mm-hmm. I was like, all right, plus I still want to date his daughter. So I mm-hmm. back in the before the, the internet days, I had to pick up the phone and call all the schools around my area and say, Do you have a, a GED program? And mm-hmm. it took me about 13 phone calls and I was give, I was ready to give up. My like, shit doesn't exist. I don't know what fucking planet this guy's living on. And then I called and I got a hold of Wintersburg High School in Westminster, California. And they said, yes, we have that program. And I said, what do I need to do? I had no idea. And I was scared to death. Like mm-hmm. I was just like, there's no way I'm going to pass this. This is going to be, I'm going to be in school for the next 10 years. This is no, but I'm going to do it. I'm like one step at a time. One step, pick up the, can I pick up the phone and call the number? Yes. That's oh, That was it. I, can I just pick up the phone and call the number? Can I call mm-hmm. one more? Can I call mm-hmm. one more? Can I go down there and take the test? Can I just make it down there to take the test? You know, and so I just progressively did that. I took the test. They said, you're actually pretty smart. You know, not in so many words, but they said, you know, you, you need about three classes. 
So we're going to have you do what's continuation school. We're going to give you work and you're going to go home and do it. You're going to bring it back here. And then whenever you feel ready, um, we'll test you again. Potentially you can get your GED. And I thought, oh, this is going to be crazy. And literally within six months, I earned my GED and I went back to this guy, Bill White, tremendous nice. individual in my life. The long, I had long hair, cigarette smoking, living in a house with five other guys. It was crazy. And uh, he goes, good. He goes, have you thought about going to college? And in my mind, I'm like, what's this fucking guy want from me? Right. I did this. <laughs> but again, again, I had to get out of my comfort zone. What can you say to inspire people to get out of their comfort zone? What what are what are your strategies for when people say, I'm scared, you know, getting that like transferring that 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 energy to like we've been talking about, like not having regrets. What are some strategies to, to get out of people's comfort zones? So there's a um I call this rubber skin. Rubber skin. Basically, we want to go as high as we can. It's in our nature. We can't help ourselves. And some people will will play small and, and live in a box and be like, F it. I'm too scared. I'm going to live in my box. Yep. But when you step, then you take another step and another step and another step. But then it starts getting really, really high. Right. And you're like, oh, crap, I've taken like 20 steps. Like I'm a lot higher than I was before. Now, the cool thing with rubber skin is you might just fall, but you can always bounce back. Mm -hmm. And you might even be able to bounce higher than what you originally were at. Yes. <laughs> so just keep climbing that, keep climbing the stairs, have your rubber skin, do what you need to do. Because my comfort zone is always a new, different comfort zone. Like yeah. when I got into like, oh my goodness, I'm fighting inside of a cage with a guy who's my size and skill level and strength and wants to do the same thing that I want to do to him. Oh, crap. You think that's the end and it's not. Right. And David Goggins talks about this. He goes, all oh, you people, you get to the top and then you give up and you stop and then you get sloppy. And then <laughs> like, you know and it. I did it. Yeah, I'm listening to him getting this thing because I'm like, holy crap, I'm never going to stop. I'm never going to stop because I'm always going to have a story or a lesson or something to do or something to overcome. Sometimes yes. it's actually I had to break myself from certain patterns and create new patterns as I went through my journey. Cause I, I can grind like any other in right. anything. So I'm like, I'm going to grind here. I'm going to grind here. I'm going to grind here. And as an entrepreneur, I realized, Holy crap, I can't grind all of these out. Like I can't, I burnt out. I right. burnt out 10 days bed rest. Like I was done. It was a wrap. And I'm thinking like, where did I go wrong? Then I get to see how Curtis was doing it. I'm like, oh crap. I didn't have a team. I didn't have any of the pieces that I needed. I was doing it all by myself with my kids on my arm. Like it's not possible. And so yeah. I had to learn a new me. I had to learn like, okay, how do I effectively delegate? How do I effectively do this piece over here? Cause when you're, when you get inside of that cage, a cage, you're getting ready to fight for you. So you're getting ready to struggle for you. You're getting ready right. to do what you need to do. But as an entrepreneur, you're all stepping in that cage together mm -hmm. and being tested together. So you got to mm -hmm. prep everybody and get their muscles working for the right pieces. So true. Dude, I could talk to you for hours. We've already been going for 55 minutes. Um, definitely want to have you back. I'm going to have you on the Ron and Scripted Show. We'll, we'll just continue talking over there on the Tuesday night show. But where can people get a hold of you, brother? Awesome. Yeah. Where can yeah, so on LinkedIn, you can get a hold of me. LinkedIn. So, that, so he's got that link right on the bottom. 
and also on my e- my email. Yeah, and there's my email right there. I'm starting to freeze up a little bit. But uh, yeah, he's got both links on the bottom. Either email me, catch me on LinkedIn. Uh, if you say raw and unscripted, I'll give you a free coaching session to the first three that do that. Oh, there you go. And if you do leave a if you do leave a comment with a picture, three three people, the first three that he sees. There you go. I love it. I love it. So for people listening on the podcast, it's LinkedIn.com forward slash in forward slash Clifford dash Starks, C-L-I-F-F-O-R-D dash S-T-A-R-K-S. And then his email is Clifford Starks at Clifford Starks one at gmail.com. So there you go for people listening on the podcast, man, this has been such a phenomenal conversation. I'm jacked up from it. I'm going to put you backstage for a second. I'm going to finish out the show. Don't go anywhere. And I still want to chat with you for a second. But thank you for Most being definitely. here and uh, and we'll uh, chat here in a second. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, 57 minutes and 17 seconds. I'm always going to keep you out of here about an hour. So thank you. Thank you for being here. All the beautiful people in the house. Misty says, Woo. Uh, Misty says, great show. We've had so many beautiful comments today. Uh, David Libby says, in that cage, you're all being tested together. Clifford Starks, thank you, brother, for being here. And thank you for posting those, uh, being my scribe tonight. Sometimes it's my, my friend Ray. Uh, Dwight says obsession with success. Absolutely. And don't stop. Don't stop believing. Got to sit there and think about some journey. Uh, Misty says he uh, drags the true self out of you and forces you to recognize the greatness within. I love that. Reminds me of Les Brown. Uh, Robert says here he goes, I can see it now. The recipient of Christopher's liver. Damn, that guy must have been truly lived. Uh, I wouldn't go for my liver. My liver is probably a little tainted from uh, a lot of Jack Daniels. Uh, David Libby says, uh, did both of you have to, uh, hit bottom to think like this? I would say so. I would say at least for myself, I had to hit bottom. Uh, you know, I literally, literally, uh, couldn't kill myself. I did, uh, two times I tried to kill myself. That didn't work. And then I had ultimately had a gun put to my head, um, and I thought it was all going to end. And I told him to pull the trigger and he didn't. And so from that point, you know, I went back and got my master's degree and started coaching and speaking over 20 years ago. I had a successful corporate career. So yes, um, you know, sometimes you do have to hit bottom. That's why I go dark. So think about that bottom in advance and then get yourself moving. Of course, we're here to help. And Joe Hutter's in the house. He says, hey, Chris, weather is nasty here. Uh, Sorry I'm late, uh, but uh, appreciate you being here, Joe. Uh, And for those of you guys who got here a little bit late, at the beginning of the show, I asked a favor. Um, Here's what I'm trying to do. Scott and I realized that uh, we were like, we're trying to figure out how to get our podcast to, to more people. And we had somebody look at it and they said, you don't have any reviews on iTunes. So I know you guys have been getting a value out of this show alone. We would love for you to go there. The link is on the screen, go there, subscribe to our podcast. And if you dig it, if you've been a long time uh, subscriber and listener, can you please leave us a review? We found out that once people start leaving reviews, apparently our podcast will get seen by more people, how the algorithm works. I was never been really worried about that kind of stuff, but now we've like, okay, we got to, we got to, we got to get this message out there. There's so many amazing people we've had on here on the show. So thank you guys all for being here. We're going to be back next Friday night. We wish Scott all the best. I love you guys and uh, be sure to stay unfiltered and we will be here next Friday night. Love you guys. Bye.